Just Our Real Estate, episode number 227. Okay, guys, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I have a good one for you. We're going to continue talking about walkthrough rehabs and how to do that initial walkthrough uh, quote of your rehab. But before we get started, I just want to remind you to come over to my website at juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, click on the Lead Propeller link. When you do that, you'll be taken to the Lead Propeller site where you get one month free hosting domain name and your very own customized lead generating website. Now, these websites are phenomenal. I am a proud owner of one myself. They're very clean, they're very modern, they are extremely effective, and if you're not generating leads through the internet for your real estate investing business, you are missing out on a very, very great source of lead generating, and you're really missing the boat. So go on over there to juststartrealestate.com, my website, on the right-hand side, click on the Lead Propeller logo and that'll take you over there and then when you get there type in in the promo code type in the word just start okay type in just start that's how you get one month free to try out a lead propeller site you really can't go wrong i have one of them myself i am thrilled with them and i'm already getting leads through it guys check it out you really can't afford not to okay let's dive into today's show all right, welcome to another Quick Point episode. Today we are going to continue on talking about walkthrough uh, rehab quoting and what, as a real estate investor, what you should do when you do that initial walkthrough, right? The first time you ever step in the property, before you ever get a contractor uh, in there with you, you know, this is usually done, like I said yesterday, it's usually done right before you make a bid on a house or before you submit a bid or maybe right afterward. A lot of investors will go ahead and submit a bid, make some assumptions about houses by you know looking at pictures online or, or whatever, and then they'll go in there right after they make that bid and they'll check it out. Or maybe <clears throat> what some investors actually do is they'll bid on a property, bid on a bunch of properties actually. If, the, if they get a bid accepted, they'll immediately go into the house and do one of these walkthrough re, uh, rehab quotes. So they have some idea whether or not they're actually, you know, in the right ballpark in terms of what the rehab is going to cost. So yesterday I just kind of talked a little bit in generalities, like, you know, the philosophy behind these these types of, uh, you know, walkthrough quotes. <clears throat> Today I'm going to talk a little bit about the exterior and what I look at, how I evaluate things, uh, and so forth. But before I do that, I want to make one quick disclaimer. I live in the Midwest. I live in Michigan. So in Michigan, we have four seasons, right? We have summer, which is way too short. We have fall, which is probably way too short. We have winter, which seems to last forever. And then we have spring. So we have four different seasons. And the way I look at the exterior of a rehab changes depending on the season. Now, this may not be the case for you if you live in California or Florida or even like Arizona, places where you're not going to get snow and ice and all this kind of stuff. So in the wintertime, our, our lawns and our landscaping basically go dormant, right? The lawns all turn yellow and, you know, basically nothing grows. Everything basically dies or goes dormant for the winter and then it comes back in the summer. So 
just keep that in mind. I'm going to talk a little bit about winter months and about summer months and so forth so that people who live in the Midwest can get maximum benefit from what I'm saying. If you live in a warm weather state, just assume the whole year is like summertime for you and you basically have to follow those rules. So when I'm looking at the exterior of a, of a rehab, <clears throat> now again, my philosophy, this is how I look at it. I don't spend a ton of money on the outside of a house. I will say the house has to have curb appeal. It has to. Does that mean I go out and spend $10,000 on landscaping? Heck no, I don't. What I'll typically do is, <clears throat> for sure I look at the roof. That's really the first thing I look at on, the, on, on a house on the outside. Not because it has the biggest impact on curb appeal, but it has the biggest impact on the bottom line of the job, whether or not it's going to be profitable. So I'll look at that that uh, roof. If it looks like it needs to be replaced, obviously we'll go ahead and quote that in. Um, most of the houses that I do are falling in the thousand, well, let's just say 900 square foot to 1500 square feet. That's that's really much the sweet spot of my business and the houses that I flip. Yes, I flipped houses that are larger than that and I have flipped houses that are smaller in square footage, but pretty much the square footage usually falls between 900 and 1500, right? So for a 1000 square foot house, let's just use that as an example because it's the most common size. For a 1000 square foot house, I'm going to estimate that a complete tear off of a roof is going to cost me between five and six thousand dollars, right? So if I'm going to do this quick walkthrough uh, uh, quote job, I'm just going to throw six grand at it because I know it might be five, but if I say six, I know that I'm covered. That's how I look at it. So that's sort of your benchmark, right? If the house is 1,500 square foot, you know, maybe I'll assume it's going to be seven grand or 6,500, right? I'll bump it up a little bit. Uh, if it's a if it's a much smaller house, then I'll take that down maybe to four or five thousand. But generally speaking, I'm gonna say it's gonna be right around that six thousand dollar mark to completely do a tear off and re roof. And tear off, I mean tearing off you know the wood decking underneath it as well as the shingles and replacing everything. So that's that. Now looking at the the uh, the landscaping, I'm not gonna do a lot. If there's already bushes there. I'm going to do my best to shape those up, trim them up so that they look clean and presentable. If there's absolutely no landscaping, if it's basically grass right up to the brick of the house or right up to the frame, then what I'll typically do is I'll create landscaping, right? I'll cut out the grass where the landscaping should be. I'll put a nice simple edging on it and, and put a few bushes in there and, and maybe, you know, some bushes that are like green and, and basically are hardy so they don't require a lot of maintenance and maybe a few flowers for color. But I'm telling you, I'm keeping that cost way, way down. I would not expect to spend much more than $500, $600 maybe on the landscaping just to do something simple. What I have found and what I typically do in my rehabs is I... I want the landscaping to be clean. It doesn't have to be impressive as much as it has to be clean. And I really go for simple over, you know, a lot of landscaping. I'm not going to bring in a bunch of trees and bushes and, you know, all kinds of like expensive stuff. I'm going to bring in relatively inexpensive and just clean looking, right? So that's why I say if there's already bushes and things there, if there's already landscaping, just sort of weed the flower beds, shape up the greenery so that it's clean and presentable, throw some mulch in there, and I just usually put in very inexpensive earth-colored mulch, and, and just to keep those flower beds looking nice and fresh and clean, 
shape up the bushes, no big deal. If shutters are on the house and they're looking ratty, I might take those down and paint them. If it's a brick house, I'm ecstatic because I know it probably doesn't need much done to it. It doesn't need to get painted or anything like that. If it's a wood frame house, Sometimes you have to paint. I try to avoid it if I can power wash or get away with something like that where I'm cleaning the, the paint, then I'll do that. If it absolutely has to be repainted, I will, but I, I resist it very, very hard. And honestly, if it came down to it, I'm, I would be apt to paint the front and maybe the sides and maybe leave the back if that could be power washed and clean. It's way less important in my opinion than the curb appeal and nobody sees the back of the house from the curb. So um, if it's brick, great, I'll leave it alone more than likely. If I have to you know, spray it down, obviously I'll do that. Like I said, paint shutters, um, and then, you know, if it's, a, if it's a wood frame house, if it needs to be painted, I'll paint it. But I really want to avoid that because, you know, painting a house, again, a thousand square foot house, you know, you're probably looking at about $1,500 to paint the whole outside of it if it's all wood frame. So, you know, that's $1,500 I would rather spend on the inside if I can. Now, when it comes to um, sidewalks and, and, and cement work, if it's in halfway decent shape, it's staying. I'm not replacing any cement on the sidewalks. In some cases, especially with FHA, they get a little funny about uh, trip hazards and things like that. If you have sidewalks that have settled or heaved and there's a little bit of you know uneven um, uh, cement work on the sidewalk or the or the um, driveway, sometimes you may have to replace some or you know even big sections of the cement so that there's no tripping hazards. So. That's something that's going to be evaluated, and if I can, if I can not replace cement, I'm not replacing it because again, that gets to be very, very expensive. But if there are legitimate tripping hazards or something that's just, you know, in a, in an unsafe condition, absolutely replace it, make it right. So, also now looking at a garage, same thing. I'm going to be more generous, or better way of saying it is, I'm going to be less critical of a garage roof. If it's especially if it's detached, if it's not part of the house, I'm going to be way less critical about that roof than I would be the house roof, right? So if it's a detached garage and the roof looks passable, not great, but it looks decent, it's probably going to stay as is for me, right? I'm less worried about there being a little bit of moisture getting in the garage than I am obviously into the house. So, but I will take a look at it. If it's in horrible condition, garage roof will get changed as well. Painting a garage, very rare unless the paint job on the on the garage is just horrible, then I will. But I look at the garage a little different than I do the main house if it's detached. If it's part of the main house, if it's, if it's an attached garage, it pretty much has to follow the same rules as a house. But a detached garage, I'll be a little bit more lenient with that. As far as the backyard goes, again, simple is the way I go. I'm more apt to pull out a bush that looks bad than to worry about it too much because backyards are just a different story. It's not part of the curb appeal. Usually you can't see the backyard. So I'm not going to worry too much about a lot of landscaping. I'm going to do more cleanup and removal than I would be adding landscaping. So that's, that's kind of how I look at that. So again, the outside of the house, you know, that's in summer months. Everything I just said is is my my attitude toward a flip on the outside during the summer months. During the winter months, you know, there's some negatives and positives to trying to buy and sell houses in the winter. One of the negatives are 
there are usually less houses for sale in the winter, and there are certainly less buyers in the wintertime. So I've heard a lot of people say, well, should I even bother trying to flip houses in the wintertime? Yeah, absolutely, because people are still buying houses. Inventory is lower. The buyer pool is smaller, but the inventory is smaller as well, right? So I think it's kind of a wash in that sense, but What's really great for those of us in the Midwest is we have to suffer through snow and ice and all that. But the positive side of it for a house flipper especially is landscaping is meaningless in the wintertime, especially when there's snow on the ground. So if you have a, a winter that where there's a lot of snow, you can almost completely ignore the outside of the house because you can't pour concrete when it during the winter time it, temperatures are too low won't it won't it won't uh, harden properly you can't paint in extremely cold weather so you don't have to worry about painting the outside of the house and the the landscaping is dead and probably covered with snow so it's you can really save money on landscaping in the winter time for those of us in the midwest so that is a complete blessing in terms of bad weather when you're trying to flip you can save money in the outside because you're not doing anything to the outside. So that's that's a little little benefit we have. Now, one of the negatives of the wintertime for a house flipper is that snow and ice that's covering the landscaping. Usually, in most cases, it's also covering the roof. <clears throat> and the roof is a little different. If the snow is covering bad landscaping, I'm excited. I, I'm glad about that. I don't want to deal with it anyway. If it's covering a bad roof, that's a problem because that bad roof still needs to be replaced. Summertime, wintertime, doesn't matter. You can't try to sell a house that has a roof that's shot and it's leaking and it's bad, right? So the snow has to come off and you need to re-roof when necessary. So what you might have to do is get up there with a shovel and scrape off some of the snow so you can at least see whether or not the roof needs to be replaced. And if it does, replace it, guys. Don't try to get away with something because the snow is there because... Uh, it, it, first of all, it's unethical. It's a bad idea. I don't support that. But even if you thought you were going to get away with it, just because the snow is covering it when you buy the house does not mean snow will be covering it when you try to sell the house. So if you try to pull a fast one, telling you it'll backfire that snow will melt the buyers will come by they'll see the bad roof and you're gonna end up replacing it anyways so just do the right thing from the start replace the roof if it needs to be replaced so that's the winter month that's kind of the challenges and the benefit of the winter month summer month you need to get some of the stuff done but it, the curb appeal needs to be there guys simple clean simple clean out flower beds de you know get the weeds out put mulch in, shape up the existing landscaping as much as you can, and and try not to spend all of your budget on the outside because as important as curb appeal is, it's not going to be more important than what you do on the inside. But if the outside is so unappealing that you can't get people in, that's a major problem, right? So make sure the curb appeal is there. Do what needs to be done on the outside. If you need to paint, paint. Landscaping, keep it simple. Shape up what's there. If you have to bring in bushes, do it, but don't go crazy, okay? That's my advice on the outside of the house. Tomorrow, we are going to go through the interior of the house. Maybe a little bit longer episode, possibly, but stick with me. It's important walking through that inside and really doing a good job of doing that initial walkthrough quote is super important. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, guys, until tomorrow, if flipping houses and real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.